Is it really day drinking if you didn't stop the night before? Welcome to South of the Eight. I want to start today's episode by congratulating everybody that graduates this weekend. Listen, I know that it's not the graduation you expected, but it is a it is a big accomplishment. You guys are doing an amazing thing and are bettering our community for it. Know that we are proud of you, and you know, as soon as this is over, we're gonna celebrate. So keep your chin up and congratulations. You guys guys and girls are doing an amazing job. Today we have a pretty special episode. I get to interview the frontman for a band, a San Diego-based band that sort of encapsulates all of the rock and espanol, ska, reggae, alternative music that we all love and know. And as pochos, as border people, we sort of love to embrace. So if people like Inspector, Godwana, Dreadmarai, and uh, Panteon Rococo is your vibe, then trust me, you guys are going to love this band. Maruja. Maruja is a self-proclaimed, hardest-working border band. And honestly, I give it to them. They have an amazing sound and an amazing message. But I don't want to spoil it. Listen to the interview, and you'll see what I'm talking about. I interviewed Comandante Calavera. He's a very interesting guy, and honestly, I hope to have him back. It was, it was a lot of fun to talk to. But anyway, check out their music. Maruja. Hey man, thank you so much for doing this. Uh, can you go ahead and introduce yourself real quick for me? Yeah, I'm uh, Enrique Comandante Calavera from uh, the San Diego-based band uh, Maruja. That's a me. Maruja. Yeah, I was actually going to ask because seeing it, uh, I wasn't sure how to say it. You know what I mean? Do you get that a lot? Oh, definitely. <laughs> yeah, tons. That, I mean, like our first marquees playing shows, they would butcher our name like <laughs> Maruchan, Maruchan, whatever Maruchan. they were called. But, <laughs> I uh, could see we, that. Yeah, so the band started in, in Tennessee and it was, you know, I named it Maruja because mm. of the Rastafari. There's a lot of dub and reggae elements yeah, and dancehall in our music. So that's kind of how it came. And then when I moved to San Diego and there's Latin things on it, then they started calling us Maruja, you know, which which is the like how you would say it in Spanish. Yeah. But the H is at the end for the job purposes. So either way, there's no wrong way. Okay, that's so cool. So yeah, I guess that's kind of what I was going for. There really isn't any wrong way because it started as one and it became another. Yeah. I mean, like you mentioned, those like reggae roots that you have. Uh, once you start going into Latin music, especially like contemporary modern ska and reggae, rock reggae and like rock and espanol, there's so many elements of reggae, you know, like the Caribbean, like beats and drums and all that sort of stuff. I, I was looking through your, through your guys' music and I just, it's so like every album is very, it's different. You know what I mean? Which is something I feel like you don't see a lot today. People are either pop yeah. or they're rock or they're this or they're that. Labels are just so popular right now. And yeah. We're, we're kind of like the redheaded stepchild and all the things <laughs> we play in, you know, we've, yeah with Panteon Rococo and played shows yeah. with Julieta Venegas, you know. That's like how we, we can play from, uh, you know, from Menudo to Slayer. We don't care. <laughs> but that's what, that's what I feel like is, is so appealing about your band because I was just going through it 
And I was like, I showed my friend and I was like, oh man, like I get such a Molotov vibe from this song. And then you turn it around and it's like, no, this is super Panteón Rococo. And then like, wait, no, it might be a little bit of cumbia in there. Like, is that what I'm hearing? <laughs> so it's yeah, just, there's, there's, yeah, exactly. Yeah. There's, it's, it's pretty much a mishmash. Uh, one of the reasons I was super excited was because uh, your band, again, it seems to hit so many, so many of my favorite music genres. And just, again, it's something that like growing up uh, like Latinx and growing up like Hispanic and just everything in general, you, you get such a, a combination of worlds when it comes to like, you listen to reggae and to rock with your friends, but then you're in family, you listen to cumbias and you listen to some rock in Espanol and all that. And your band sort of encapsulates all of that very well. Do you feel like you have a sound or because it clearly seems like you're not trying to fit any cog, but do you guys yeah, sort of I, go for a sound or anything like that? Well, I feel like kind of, you know, a band that I always, I always like compare myself to bands that don't sound anything like us, you know, <laughs> kind of like uh, the Pixies or Queens of the Stone Age that wow, they were yeah. so weird in their sounds that they just kind of became, you kind of have to emulate your own kind yeah. of, it's more of a vibe or not really we got to sound like this or like that because you know we have one song that might be a dance hall song and then move into like a hardcore right. style song or mix genres and it's just it's got to stay true to kind of like what the vibe is of the moment for for the band and it's kind of become our signature sound you know if you will yeah i feel like a lot of i mean just i went this, down this rabbit hole on youtube with your guys's music because it, although your music is very entertaining and it's just a good banger to just kind of drive and listen to or while you're like doing the chores in the morning, the concerts, man, your guys' concerts seem so much like so much fun, you know, because, again, you guys are incorporating so many different aspects that you probably have. Your audience is probably super diverse, I could imagine. You Thanks, know? Man. Yeah, it's, and I mean, I think it's it's become of, of because we play for different so many different audiences and some audiences are more forgiving than other audiences, especially in California, you know, they're from TJ, Mexicali, San Diego, right. LA. There's people that just sit there and look at the floor, people that want to mosh, people that want to dance, <laughs> people that just want to have their phone out and be filming. So you kind of want to entertain everybody and at the same time, not giving a fuck for anybody. So <laughs> I always wanted to have like, a, like an ultimate party atmosphere and whatever music we were playing. So that's kind of the vibe we throw out when we play live, you know? Yeah. You guys do definitely do a great job of it. I mean, with that also, um, I, I guess it's pretty good segue going into, so like San Diego's a music scene. It's pretty broad. I feel like we have a little bit of everything, but you, you guys are self proclaimed hardest working border band. Could you explain yeah. a little bit of that for me? <laughs> well, I, I think a drunk dude, we, we were uh, like our first kind of big shows. I think it was, I want to say Inspector was the first band that let us play, you know, that allowed us to open up for them mm -hmm. like four years ago, I want to say. That's and, amazing. <laughs> uh, so we, we, yeah, we get to get yeah. to these crowds that have never kind of heard a Pocho band or, you know, kind of what we're <laughs> trying to do, which is, yeah. like you said, kids like us that grew up with, you know, we're not from here or there. We, speak we just never languages. fit. Right? We don't we fit. fit. We, yeah, yeah, musically, we're listening to Molotov, Rage Against the Machine all these bands and yeah. but then there's no scene for weirdos that speak spanish watch novelas or action movies or whatever so um so these guys saw us for the first time they kind of connected but there were more mexican mexican than our Porcho vibe and they're like you right. guys are the hardest working border band <laughs> and so that's kind of stuck and now you know it's self-proclaimed because yeah. i started posting it you know I no but it, i definitely lives up i feel like you mentioned i mean you hit it right in the nail man i feel like 
representation has always been huge and I feel like I'm always happy to see more brown people but even there's so many subsections of brown people and that's feel yeah. like that's where we fit because it, uh, you'll see a lot of Mexicans are like look there's Mexicans and it's like well yes I am from Mes- Mexican descendants but technically and, it, and you start going into all these explanations you know so yeah. I think it's great that you guys are embracing that sort of pocho but like in a nice way you're like yes i'm pocho and it's fine when i feel like you know the term latinx is getting a lot of a lot of flack yeah from uh you know because they're like what is this this is weird it's a term that doesn't exist that you know is it like you know in latin countries they really don't like trans people and all this idea yeah but to me for some reason that word latinx has fit in so well in feeling who I was, because it's almost like this multicultural, yes. not from here, not from there, you know, like a polyamorous way of looking at culture, you know? And yeah. it, it fits in really well for, because, you know, I could go to uh, Peru and, and feel comfortable in that group or be in New York with people from Puerto Rico and right. feel comfortable there. You know, it's just kind of adapting to whatever you're, wherever you're at, but you're not part of that. You know, it's, it's so, it's a weird, almost like being a ghost kind of thing you know yeah i feel like uh yeah you're you're completely right because you're right we can definitely go in a lot of places in the u.s or south america and we can tell the differences like especially with like uh language you know like uh, whether it be colombia or peru like you mentioned or even the dominican republic i mean our word is like way um, you yeah. know what i mean like <laughs> we yeah, have yeah, our yeah. own our own things but even then like at the at the end of it like we're all Latinos, Latinas, Latinx. So I feel like it's it's nice to embrace it, but also I've I'm comp- like you mentioned a lot of the South American um, countries sometimes don't embrace uh, trans people uh, a lot or at all for that matter. And I feel yeah, like, like um, <laughs> yeah, I always say I always say that it's uh, the three people they hate the most are uh, you know darker people, gay people, or fat people. You know they're the yeah. ones. <laughs> you know what's the most like it's the crazy. one thing that always blew my mind is that a country like Mexico can be very homophobic, yet one oh, of yeah. the leading uh, legendary people is Juan Gabriel. Oh yeah. Like, well, yeah, what yeah, is 100%. it? <laughs> you know what I mean? It's, so it's yeah, it's a, yeah. such a such a paradox. Uh, yeah, it really. But is. But I think it's it's cha- it's changing. People are under like you know marijuana was such a taboo in South American countries. And now yeah. it's like becoming such a big thing. Yeah. Well, even in the open, you know, you could sell anything if you market it properly <laughs> yeah. and people begin to understand it or, you know, like, uh, uh, what do you call it? Uh, one of those, uh, people on the internet will say something is cool and then everybody will follow it, you know? Uh, yeah. I feel like it all comes down to how you market it. Cause I mean, one of the reasons a lot of things were bad at one point was because it was marketed wrong, right? Whether it be marijuana or whether it be like rock music or whether it be, Mexicans, you know, we were just marketed yeah. wrong, and and it got to a point where it became it became a staple and it became a problem. But yeah, we're definitely hopefully far from it and getting better. But that said, yeah. um, so you mentioned that your band is very different, whether it be the sound or the crowds that you guys pull. But what is your opinion? Not opinion, I guess. Let's say, but your just your view on San Diego's music scene playing here in San Diego? Because I know you've mentioned playing for Inspector with Godwana and with Panteón Rococo. But uh, what about here in San Diego? San Diego, is, it's weird because like you said, it's, it's feeling that outsider vibe, but at the same time, we're part of the scene. We've been part of the scene for the past uh, five years and we were treated really well by the San Diego scene. Like we've been nominated, we've won a San Diego Music Award uh, in 2018 and have been nominated three times. 
um, all the key players and people that, that know the scene know us. Um, but it's still that feeling of we're not, we're not that cool hipster band, you know, we <laughs> always feel like yeah. we got to get in through the kitchen or, you know, the <laughs> right. Right. you know, the, it's, well, it's, it's kind of strange that we're a part yeah. of it, but at the same time, it might be a, a feeling thing, but yeah. it's more of what's, you know, what the hipster kids with the tight jeans are doing, you know, and it's, right. it's kind of cool to be, to be that, you know, redheaded stepchild heard in a punch bowl. <laughs> type band but still yeah. be accepted and still be part of it you know yeah again i feel like it i i personally definitely appreciate that you guys aren't trying to use the suspenders and trying to use a banjo <laughs> the i don't need we don't need another mumfers and sons you know what i mean no like, no no i think that's why like um that's i i think that's another reason that your music appeals so much to me because i was just like yes different like be different be weird yeah and you know what i mean like and there's just always going to be something there for you and it's interesting and again man i just can't wait for this to be over i need to go to one of your concerts man they just seem like so oh, much man. fun man <laughs> you and me both time. it's like it's, it's the the most i've gone without playing live since i was i think 16 or 17 you know wow it's so strange yeah. almost feel like I'm not me or, you know, it's, it's just, I don't even want to pick up my guitar sometimes because I'm, yeah. so, you know, because it would be like, we wouldn't even rehearse anymore because yeah. we were playing two, three shows a week. So it just became normal. And now it's like, I got to go over the songs to remember them or just to be, you know, to be sane from being in, in the quarantine. But it's, it's so strange. But I mean, it's, the feeling is that we're getting back whether we want it or not. They're gonna throw us. <laughs> yeah, they're gonna throw us into this shit, regardless. But it yeah. feels like it's coming. It'll come back sooner than later, which I'm glad for. You know, a little scared, but we can't. Yeah, we can't be cooped up forever. They they cannot have sports events, concerts. All these things need to yeah. come back. Well, San Diego is uh, such know, a the, touristy town that like yeah. most of our economy is based off of just who can we entertain? You know, <laughs> so exactly, I feel exactly. like and, and you, that's what it is. Yeah, it's like, yeah, it's like tourists concerts all these things that make this town the foodies and the and the arts are suffering so so much right now you know yeah and it's like such a big part of what makes san diego san diego you know and yeah i mean there's a lot of locals and there's a lot of local stuff a lot of local economy but you know tourism you know it's huge because we have such a nice city you know everybody wants to yeah. be here <laughs> but yeah, i was um, really bummed we were gonna yeah. play cinco de mayo at an old town which we did last year which was right. a lot of fun and then so that, you know, like that was one thing when it just started getting really bad, slowly concerts, you know, like only 50 people, only, <clears throat> only 30 people, only the bartender and one girl. You know? yeah. like, um, I believe that your scope of music can sometimes carry, carry sort of a big responsibility, like whether it be ska, reggae, uh, rock and espanol, rock, whatever it may be. And you always are sort of perceived that you have to sort of say something, you know, you're rebellious, you're you're outside of the sight guys thing. You're saying it how it's supposed to be. And with, especially with your album Guerrero, I feel like you definitely don't shy away from commentary of your surroundings or just of what's going on in our communities, which I think is super important. But do you find that music is a good voice for maybe those in the community that may feel a little marginalized? Cause your music, I feel like, again, I don't want to put this person a responsibility on you, but I'm sure you're aware. Um, you're giving a voice for people that, you know, sometimes can't, don't know how to say something, can't say something. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, I feel that, like you said, I think music is that language that it's, uh, you know, that we can all understand without talking about what it is. It's like deeper than, than this communication we have right now. So I feel that it can, that's in our music, you'll see everything from 
just typical songs about a, a regular story, which is a normal storytelling type thing, mm-hmm. or a deep political, you know, injustice that needs to be talked about, or just something taboo that I just want to freak people out with, you know, some shock <laughs> value, <Yeah. laughs> or some funny, or a party song, you know, that all these things can be in one band. Yeah, because there's one song we have called uh, "Mota Say Say Say" that <laughs> yeah. uh, starts Mota, Mota. very goofy, very yeah. this that, and it's got these kind of deep undertones. And then the final part is like this really deep poetry type stuff. Mm. And a friend of mine used to always tell me, "It's like, why can't all your songs be like the deep poetry stuff?" And I'm like, I, "Because I'm not that guy. I'm not a fake yeah. pseudo intellectual. There's so right. many things that that make a person the highbrow, the lowbrow, and everything in between." And about the voice of people is, uh, you, I think you mentioned Molotov earlier. And I remember there were my, my band when I was uh, growing up that yeah. realized that you could really say whatever the fuck you wanted politically, call anybody out and, and be you know, true to yourself and nobody can censor you. You know, the real true First Amendment that we love so much here. And I think that really, I, it took to me to write like that a lot when, when I first started writing songs, you know, like, don't worry about what people are going to think. Just it's for you. Say whatever you feel, whether you're wrong or right, but it's your vision and what you're trying to say at the moment. You know? Yeah. I feel like art is so personal. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like it's so, it comes from you guys's, I mean, not just from the lyrics, but from the sound that you want to put out there uh, because it helps the sound uh, that you have behind those lyrics definitely help the, the mood or the sort of severity of what you're trying to say. So I feel like you guys do that very well because, like you said, you, you're not taking yourself too serious. It's not like you're being, you're not lecturing anyone, you know? Yeah, there's you're, no preaching, no pulpit, No preaching. And beating. that can go so far because sometimes I'll shy away from certain music because I know it's preachy. And even if yeah. the message is good, I can't take it serious, you know? Yeah. And um, Yeah, even, even Rage, yeah. I mean, Rage Against the Machine got away with it, just like you said, just because the music was so good. Right. And at the same time, they they didn't feel like they were preaching, but they were. It didn't feel like it was too too preachy. And then right. there's bands like System of a Down that mix the political with the abstract, which is kind of my jam, mm-hmm. where you could find different meanings and different ideas, but you know exactly what they're talking about. You know. Yeah, and again, like you were mentioning, Molotov was also my growing up. It was just like my band, man. Like I remember thinking, oh. Yeah. oh I'm not happy. <laughs> I'm pretty yeah. sure my mom, my mom can probably tell the difference from where I started listening to Molotov to when I wasn't because it was a full 180. I remember thinking like, yeah, man, like this is right. And then from there, obviously so many genres come from uh, the stuff that Molotov did, but um, also like Rage Against the Machine or, or um, System of a Down. It's just that sort of, it, it's finding the words for something that you've been trying to say and you didn't know how to right so i mean it was so good molotov these you know rich kids and a a white dude son of a dea agent that after 70 it was the perfect timing 70 years of just garbage in mexico and then they decided to write about whatever they wanted mix all these styles you know heavily influenced by rage and talk about the mexican government that hadn't been done like that before and it just you know kind of swept away a generation you know it was amazing yeah, again, it's just uncovering all the stuff we all know about, but again, just bringing it, bringing it to the forefront, you know, being yeah. like, it is a problem. Like, we should be talking about it. And I, in today's climate with everything political, it almost becomes, like, irresponsible not to say something. That said, I feel like, again, I, I appreciate that your guys' music isn't preachy and it isn't, like, just the middle finger. 
you know it's a conversation yeah. it's a it's a piece that you can sort of listen to and say oh maybe some people will be like oh i didn't realize that was a problem or some people themselves might be like yeah that is a problem and just it, again it starts a conversation and it starts it starts a dialogue for for change because just being upset or just being pissed sometimes doesn't necessarily fix anything no exactly and when and also like with with you know the switch that we have online with with your Twitters and your Facebook where people just want their point of view, you know, and everybody's got to agree with them. And it's yeah. got to be this feedback loop of whatever I think is what exactly everybody else is thinking, you know, and it's, it's gotten mm -hmm. exacerbated with, with, uh, with the Trump thing where you just, you know, even your, your grandma gets, yeah. <laughs> you block your grandmother off of yeah. Facebook like, just for oh. thinking differently. And, you know, and it's right. like everybody, has their own world and they think like that so i think with what i do i have real strong opinions and i'll say fuck this guy or fuck that or this thing this thing is mm -hmm. bad at the same time you leave an open-ended question musically or liter yeah. lyrically to see what you can see in the other you know because it's always about they might be wrong or you may be wrong or you know but go for the facts and what's going on and try to find that middle ground all the time which is kind of hard with, with fucking Trump, you know? <laughs> but, yeah. but that's why there's yeah. always these figures, these, these uh, sacred cows that you always have to murder, you know, like mm -hmm. the absolute power that is completely corrupt always needs to come down. So that battle always exists. Yeah. I feel like, because nothing is black or white, you know what I mean? Everything yeah. is gray. Everything is depending on where you grew up, how you grew up, who you grew up with. And I, it's perspective, you know? And yeah. uh, like you mentioned, we all have strong opinions, especially now that you can not just have an opinion, but say something about it and find thousands, millions of people that agree with you. So we all create yeah. this sort of bubble around us that tells us we're a hundred percent right. And anytime yeah. someone uh, insults that or goes against it, we take it so personal. And again, we're not allowing these conversations to happen, but my hope <laughs> is that music or just art in general can be sort of a, the thing that not, I mean, it sounds cliche to say they bring us together, but sort of brings us into the same room and sort of just makes us talk it out, you know? 100%, yeah. Because again, if we're just on different boats, we're not, never going to get anything fixed. You know what I mean? It's always going to be us versus them, despite the fact that it's really, um, what's it called? It's, it's, a, it's a group effort, you know what I mean? And everybody's interest should be sort of, I mean, I guess I'm probably talking about a utopia that will never happen, <laughs> but yeah. I, I hope. I that mean, we that's can... why the, the, those fights always, you know, like that revolution never bubbles up completely because mm. that's why I always say, like, you know, the things that I care about the most are like the First Amendment, so everybody can speak their mind, and I, even if I disagree, I'll let you march and do your right. thing. Uh, human rights, which always needs to happen, and and the you know, and treat everybody like you want to be treated. You know? Yeah, the golden rule, man, and I feel like. A lot of people say that they want that and then they'll be like, well, yes, but also you have to agree with me. I feel like that's the big one. A lot of people yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. want to like they want to put their ideas on you. And I am all for I mean, again, I stand for what I stand for and I'm super guilty of being one sided sometimes. But I d definitely try to hear people out because even if I don't understand what they're saying, 
I'm like, but why do you think that? Like, maybe it's just, I'm just so super chismoso and I'm just like, <laughs> but why? Like, where? You want to learn exactly or really freak them out and be like, you know, yeah. Jesus, Jesus wasn't into money and machine guns. Tell me why. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's like, let's go down those... that rabbit hole. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, you know what? I don't get it. <laughs> yeah. And a lot of people, again, will just be repeating things that they heard, whether it was from the news or from articles that they love to read. And it's like, you're not like critically thinking. You're just repeating the no. information that you think sounds yeah, yeah. good. You don't so, listen to scientists, but there's this amazing documentary called Plandemic. And now you think you know exactly, exactly. what's going on. You know, it's, exactly. It's insane. I think we're, it's just a social experiment and we're lab rats. And we can, <laughs> yeah. they can change our minds every couple of years. You know, it's yeah. Insane. They're just like, let's see how they do. And we're probably getting a C or a D at that yeah. point. <laughs> You They're know, laughing I, in a lab watching. My, I remember uh, one of my best or my, one of my favorite uh, conversations I ever had was with someone that mentioned that uh, maybe we're just someone's like school project that got a C. <laughs> you know, yeah, I agree. <laughs> yeah, and it's like, oh yeah, I could see that. <laughs> That's rough, but I can, I can definitely see that. No, hundred so, percent. And why now? I mean, looking at America as the country that you know everybody is the biggest thing and, yeah. and whatever but we're below what vietnam on the way we've handled yeah. Yeah. the COVID 19 you know so it, it opens people's eyes you know well it's, it's like, always with well, the grass you're number greener. one you were you you beat your drum you yeah. have your flag right march with your shotgun or whatever but then look at the numbers look at how we're doing yeah. how we're treating our citizens how how people are being taken care of you know it's insane I feel like that's what it comes down to. Like, how are we treating our people? You know what I mean? Because yeah. you can't be a country without people. And I feel yeah. like a lot of people stick, again, they stick to their ideals and they think that when we offend the U.S. or we critique the U.S., that we're against the U.S. And it's like, no, it's because I love my communities is that I critique them because I want them to be better. Like, you I want, want, exactly. You, you, know, you want to be the best. Grow. So, yeah, you can't fix, you know, it's like a coach. You can't be like, oh, that's amazing. And then you yeah. fall every time you're, you're dribbling a ball. You yeah. need to be hard, hard on the, you know, just hard on the country. So mm -hmm. I can be the best country. Yeah. I feel like if the person I'm most honest with is my closest friends, because I want to see them grow. I want to see them do the best. So if I critique my country, it's not because I'm quote unquote, ungrateful, quote unquote, go back where you came from, you know, whatever we get every time we like try to critique our surroundings. <laughs> exactly. It's like, it's no man, like you, you have to know that it's not perfect. Like let's make yeah. it better. Let's try to figure it out and sort of make it better. So yeah. I, we I want feel like all yeah. the world wars. Yeah. yeah all this. <laughs> yeah. Jeez. Yeah, I don't know. It's insane. Well, yeah. History is written by the winners, man. And it's not always no, exactly. uh, quote unquote winning. So I have a theory that like in the midst of this whole quarantine and the isolation, one of the silver linings might be like content. Like this whole podcast, I, I was grabbing a lot of the equipment before the quarantine, but it literally, the quarantine sort of made me have to go all in, you know, just That's say, awesome. I'm going to do it. Fuck it. Like I need to just, it's not just a creative outlet, but just, it's good to have a voice. It's good to just sort of feel like, you're contributing something, you know, to your surroundings. And I feel like art is meant to make us feel something. And with all the uncertainties that we have, I'm hoping that the new books or music or movies or whatever can sort of help us cope. And with that, are you currently working on anything? I know you mentioned that you're just trying to play the guitar a little bit here and there, but like, are you taking advantage of this time or just kind of kicking back and just waiting it out? Well, I've been, I've always been like hardcore with a schedule on writing and putting stuff out. That's why. 
you know, I'm kind of prolific. That's why we have so many records and I try to be in the studio at least once a year. So mm. it kind of threw me for a loop in my, in my schedule, but I've been writing. Um, and the next album, you know, will, will come out the same, the same way the one last year came out. So mm. it's the same. It's so funny. By the time everything's open, then yeah. I'm, I'll be like, we're going to the studio and you got four days to yeah. learn all this stuff and we're going to record it. Yeah. So it's, I'm always, I'm always working, but yeah, I think the first, the first three weeks, it just threw me for a loop and I didn't want to really do anything. So it's kind of cool. Super props to you. Cause if people right away make a plan and take the time to do stuff, that's amazing. But other people are like, you know, like it depends on how it takes you. You could either fall into that, yeah. fall into that K hole oh, of, of like, I don't know what the hell's going on and I'm just going to try to stay above water, you know? So yeah, but I feel like this second month going into it, I'm feeling more of a, this groundhog day, not thinking about <laughs> the, that it's, you know, we're kind of stuck and doing this and being more outside of that and creating, you know, so it's feeling good right now. You think it's because you realize that this is going to be a thing. You think that maybe those couple first couple of weeks, you're like, it'll blow over whatever. And now that you realize it's, you know, a thing that you're more kind of like, all right, let's start. Yeah, let's go back to it. Yeah. Or, 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 or I knew that it could be, it could be even worse than what it's become. Right. And, and, you know, and, and I fell more into that despair, you know, kind of a tray you pulling his horse kind of thing, you know? <laughs> yeah, no, I, I definitely get it. But I mean, Obviously, you, you you guys like creating music. Uh, I'm sure. Do you enjoy writing? Is that is that I a painful it. process? For, okay, cool. So are you using? No, um, yeah, no, no. I I mean, and as you see it in the music, it's so yeah. kind of desperate, and 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 it could be anything. Yeah. Like I could sit there and write a song about tissue paper, you know. So it's <laughs> the the problem is trying to funnel all that stuff into what's going to be a song and what's not going to be a song, what's going to work, what's not going to work. So yeah. and I work quickly, so I like to. I don't like the because some people are very methodical and okay and take a month to write the first verse you know right. i try to if it grabs me you know like usually my rule is if i come up with a melody or something i for and i really dig it i don't write it down or record it let it sit for a day and if i remember the next day it stays and, and that quickly i, I finish the song yeah no i definitely can i can relate to that i feel like sometimes i'll just have an idea and i just want to sit in front of the microphone and just be like let's just do it like let's just yeah. I, if i don't do, like i'm very tactile I, tactile whatever however you say it. so i just yeah, want to yeah, like yeah. do it you know what i mean i feel like i definitely understand where you're coming from although sometimes i'm like wow i probably could have given a little more effort on that <laughs> but your music definitely has yeah. that sort of like jammy very i don't want to say relaxed because i'm not trying to discredit all the work that you guys put <laughs> into your music but it's very like uh, i would imagine the perfect scenario is like walking into you guys recording and just be like, yeah, 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 that sounds good. That sounds good. And just kind of going with it. Right. Yeah, exactly. Cause you could go the queen route, you know, and do 50 million tracks and high voices and the, uh, you know, like uh Figaro's or whatever, or you can build something kind of organic. And then there's so many ways to, to skin that cat that um, I've recorded every single way possible where we show up to the studio with no ideas and try to kind of jam out, something or come prepared with something and really played over and over until it's perfect or really loosely recorded like david bowie used to do back in the day yeah and uh, and i feel like that final way to do it is the way to do it where you feel comfortable with it but you're not really 100 percent, and you let kind of the magic be that la last 30 percent when you lay it down yeah it's hard to plan for 
um, to be, it's hard to plan to be creative. You know, it, I feel like it strikes you, right? It's probably something that you kind of catches your guard off guard, and you yeah, start I think writing. it's a bat. It's it's a battle between the heart and the brain. The brain mm. blocks all creativity. You know, the boner killer for the <laughs> yeah. art. Because if you think you're overthinking or yeah. being like, I don't know if this is gonna, you got to be a kid in the sandbox mm-hmm. and just let your goofy ass self just have fun. You know. Yeah. No, I feel like it. It always comes down to the same things. Just making sure you're having fun making it, you know, it shouldn't be a chore, yeah. right? No, it not should at be, all. I feel like that's another embrace of being creative. If you're having fun, maybe that's all you get from that track, you know, just, yeah, it's yours. Do you, yeah. do you feel like at some point with your music, there's some that you're like, these are for me, or is it always just kind of, you're always just kind of creating music that you like in general? I, I, I guess, yeah, you're right. I mean, it's kind of like your kids, you know, your songs. Like, you know, mm-hmm. guys will tell you, I like all my kids the same, but they're lying. There's one that's funnier. <laughs> yeah. There's one that's stronger, 100%. cooler. 100%. There's one that's going to be a lawyer and one that <laughs> yeah. is going to live with you. Yeah. So um, I think that's how it is with the songs. There's some that are deeper and are, are about, you know, subjects when I write that I really care about or it's like a family thing or, you know those songs and they come out good they translate to and they, they get on the top five or whatever you know? yeah again man i i keep going back to your track list i i like when it's different because uh embracing that like that sort of dual mindset that we have as not just pocho but like border people you always meant to sort of survive you know you're put in these places where you're like you have to be up with the stuff in spanish and you have to be current with the stuff in english and yada 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 so when you find something that keeps up with you such as your guys's music or or just uh you know uh, the genre in general i feel like it's very much appreciated because it's just in- interesting it's entertaining and it's just you know it's a music that you can put again in your car or at someone's party while you guys are drinking or whatever it may be so uh yeah, you guys, yeah. thank you thank you and it's i mean and it's the idea of making something like this, I always think of the street, you know, it's really street music. It's not learned in a, in a you know, a conservatory or, mm-hmm. or classical or whatever. It's whatever was played in the middle ages outside of bars, you know, what people <laughs> were throwing up or whatever is that, that music that gets the people going. And yeah, it's, it's for music. us, we're lucky that it's yeah. so multicultural mm-hmm. that it's this gypsy caravan music, you know, that has grown up from different, from all, you know, from the tip of, chile to you know to the u.s yeah it's music for the people by the people i feel like and yeah. it's very you can feel that in the lyrics you can feel that in the production you can feel that uh just listening to it and i appreciate it. again that's if there's anything that i want out of this podcast uh just as a creative is definitely feeling like it's something that i want to listen to you know like i don't want to strive for something that i know i'm not you know what i mean yeah I want it to be. You can only be. Yeah, that's all you got is be you. Yeah. And and really try to exploit what you're good at, because mm-hmm. yeah, you're not gonna be a, a you know you're not gonna be a swan if you're a dirty duck, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I remember because I I'm a huge comedy fan, a huge music fan, and I remember listening to music and comedy uh, podcasts and thinking I can do that, but it, it wasn't until I realized like why would I want to do that? Like that's already been done, you know. Yeah. Exactly. That I was like okay like what's me what what and that's i feel like a huge it, it's harder said than or sorry it's harder done than said to try to find what you want to do or who you really are did you ever sort of experience that where you were just kind of like especially with your move you mentioned from tennessee 
correct? Mm-hmm. Did you ever feel yeah. that sort of change when you're like, am I doing it wrong? Like, should I have stayed with what I was doing? Or what are you feeling? I am very lucky in that I, I never have those kind of like, you know, I've had the same band name, the same band. Um, I think we're going 10, 11 years now. And I've always, and, you know, and, and it's become, like you said, a personality, uh, who I am and all that. I mean, you might think uh, we should be bigger or we should be doing this other thing, but you kind of never want to second guess all the things and just have that one path. Right. And, right. and as long as you, it fulfills you and what you're doing and people are digging it um, and you have fans and, and, you know, and like you're getting recognized by bands that you grow up listening to and they That's like your music. Be amazing. I've been, I've been super lucky. Yeah. Um, and, it, and I think it's been more the battle cry about putting out as much content as I can and create as much as I can. Cause I see how short a span a life has to put out records, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the, the cost and all that stuff. So it's like every year I need to, you know, thrive to get at least 10, 12 tracks out. Yeah, no, I feel I feel like I definitely understand where you're coming from, especially with social media. And I hate bagging on it because it's such an easy thing to <laughs> hate on. But yeah. Instagram, always everybody has a perfect life on Instagram. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. anyone overnight can be famous on Instagram. So a lot of times oh, yeah. you'll have um, you'll have people that won't listen or or look at anything that isn't isn't like the biggest already. But to me, finding a band or finding a book that like is isn't like uh how could i say like super mainstream but it like just kind of hits it right on the dot is one of my favorite things and i feel like uh, oh, I, yeah. I mentioned if you're feeling I, fulfilled and you're enjoying what you're doing i give you complete props man i feel like that's one thing we all sort of aim for well i mean i don't know about you but you know i grew up with kind of like loving the underground and yeah and definitely. Uh, those punk rock bands that nobody knew and Mm-hmm. Uh, that played for 10 drunk dudes at bar that kind of <laughs> that kind of vibe it's always been my vibe so it's never felt weird not to like I have no problem playing for a shit ton of people and right. and and getting to another because that there, that's another battle is the underground people that are like you sold out or you know if more people know who you are then you're not the mm-hmm. band that you used to be I have no problem with that out yeah I, I'm happy yeah. of selling out arenas <laughs> yeah no definitely every day you know what i mean but but it's the idea of of the influencer you know we get hit up by influencers probably once a week to tell us oh we'll help you do this if you pay us that uh you should be at this number and that and we never cared about that we use good social media it's almost like it's almost like uh like a club you know for the people that know Mm -hmm. people that know who maruja is that's great whether it's 100 people or eight thousand people we're happy just be there and and dig what we do you know that's a, that's amazing. I super I respect that cuz you guys are definitely stronger than I am. <laughs> no. But I mean, I I feel that's like uh, at one point we're all a little subjective to or to being a li- feeling a little sad sometimes with like you don't get the certain numbers that you want to get. But again, it comes down to like you're always going to have people that kind of support you and you're always going to have people that talk shit. So you yeah. kind of just if you take the good, you got to take the bad. So you might as well just sort of roll with the punches, keep creating. Um, again, that creative process, whatever, whatever it may be, I, it's always been so interesting to me because everybody's different onto how they express themselves, but it has to feel pretty good knowing that your music can touch people, you know, and it could, yeah. it could give us the words for what we want to say. I feel like I get that a lot in realidad. I remember, I think it was one of the first couple of songs I heard from you guys and thinking like, man, this is good. Like, this is like, 
it's just one of those songs that you it just hits you you know what i mean yeah thank you man yeah that's yeah. a great that's a great song i, I love revamping it every couple of years changing it up <clears throat> it's almost like it's got a life of its own musically mm -hmm. and yeah. then the story is so you know prevalent on our culture every you know yeah there's no. a pablo escobar in every city and every town and you know <laughs> no and <laughs> the, a, a and new kingpin why, that, that comes from. so it's, yeah it's that's why it's a, so interesting because it's 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 always going to be relevant you know yeah unfortunately <laughs> it's always going to well, be the funny the funny thing with that song is like at first people don't understand and so they wanted it for radio and then they're like, we can't play it because it glorifies uh, drug dealing and violence. I'm like, you don't understand what no. the song is about. If you're, you know, if you're, yeah. the, you know, who Pablo Escobar's kid that is, you know, totally against what he did and who his father was really liked the song because right. um, he understands that it's about that. It's that, that cautionary tale. Mm -hmm. It's what it, you're not supposed to be about. What it, You know what I mean? All these things. Yeah, I feel like that happens a lot with certain industries where it's so easy to sort of judge, you know, minorities. And so it's so easy to judge people that are struggling because you're like, well, why are you resorting to those sort of things? And it's like because sometimes you don't have other choices, you know, yeah. and or the layers. Yeah, yeah the layers in, in the messages of what people are trying to tell you. Mm -hmm. they, they don't. Yeah, exactly. It's like you said, it's not black and white. Exactly. Yeah, definitely. And I feel like it, uh, sometimes a lot of. Uh, our communities are portrayed as black and white. You know, it's like a lot of the times I remember growing up and thinking the only time I ever heard about my high school in, in the news was when they were doing something bad and we were on the news a lot. <laughs> you know what I mean? And it's, it's like thinking, well, maybe if you just were better at football and it's like, well, what about all the Brown kids that are going to college? And what about all the, uh, all the border people that have to spend about two to three hours just to get to school. Are you really telling me that my community doesn't care about education? It's just, it's growing up and realizing that a lot of things are just against you. You know, when you think yeah. that you want to embrace your surroundings and just keep slapping you in the face <laughs> and no, uh, exactly. great escape it's a, it's a battle. Yeah. It's, it's a uphill battle. It's you're, we're always punching up because again, it comes down to our survival mentality where man, my cousins would make fun of my Spanish and then my, my classmates would make fun of my English. And I'm like, man, where am I? <laughs> you know, but yeah. then that's what got me closer to my friends because they completely understood what I was going for. And when art and um, music and all that sort of thing is there for the people like us, I feel like you embrace it that much more because you know, you're embracing not just a poppy song, but you're embracing something that means something. And that always carries so much more weight. Thank you, man. Yeah, because yeah, it's for us, and and this group is. I mean, it's it's this generation. I mean, I guess it's been around since the suit suits and <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah, the those times. But I mean, it's our this this group of you know like South Americans and uh, Central Americans that live in the U.S. that have lived here for longer than half of their lives, and mm -hmm. um, and don't really don't feel we go back and we're not from there and we're here and we're not from here. So it's, <laughs> it's super yeah. interesting, strange, almost, you know, it's like sad and romantic and, and also makes you see outside of the box, you know, that there's yeah. a bigger perspective for everything. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely a little, a little tragic, but definitely romantic. I, I definitely agree yeah. with that because part of the struggle, like I'm proud of the struggle, but that doesn't mean I justify it. You know what I mean? I don't yeah. want people to have to go through what we go through sometimes you know oh yeah that said what we've gone through make us who we are and i wouldn't change yeah. it 
So it's, it's a battle. character. So so it, it might you know it might be recommended. You know, <laughs> it's better to have walls that you can just hop over if you. Yeah. have the balls and, and the power yeah. and, and want to do it instead of not doing it. You know? Yeah. A lot of times you'll definitely see the people that like, I guess for lack of a better word, make it and they just don't want to look back. And I feel like that's something I hope not to ever be put in a place to have to do. Like I want, oh, yeah, yeah. you know, like it's the difference between gentrification and like gentrification where yeah. we're coming back to our own communities and like uplifting our neighborhoods and, and just trying to make it better. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. You're like uh, mariachi Trump supporters in L.A., right? <laughs> Jeez, man. It's rough. It is rough because it's heartbreaking, you know? Yes. It's like I, I, I guess I understand wanting to jump on the bandwagon. I, I don't justify it. I'm just no. saying, like, I, I understand, man. But it's like, paisano, man, what's up, you know? Oh What's yeah, well, I mean it's the, the whole us or them thing. There's mm -hmm. there's no there's no them. There's only us. So why, yeah. you know, yeah. build these psychic walls and you know and all yeah. these things that you're trying to separate us? You know, it's, yeah, it's super I, interesting. I feel like that's one of our superpowers is assimilation. Yeah, <laughs> and some people just take it, unfortunately, to the extreme. You know. Oh yeah, and yeah, again, yeah. they I, hate themselves so much they become something else. But yeah, yeah, and forget I, about the who they were. Yeah. Yeah, unfortunately, again, I want to understand those people because I, I try not to judge as much as I can. But again, it's hard to look at, you know, and in this climate where the more we try to fight for a solution, the more they want to sort of push us away, even like, yeah. quote unquote, um, friendly, like Democratic or Democrat news sometimes kind of pin us against each other. And it's like, no, man, like. Again, let's try to find like that middle ground, you know, let's try to work together. It's, it's a time where it's so scary that, you know, it's almost the extremes. You got the gun toting, you know, clanty Nazis on one mm -hmm. side. Yeah. And then you got the social justice warriors that won't even let you say anything because right. they get offended. So there's no middle ground for anybody mm -hmm. that, that, oh, that, that makes sense there. Or this makes sense yeah. here. But I, I would argue that most of us are in the middle or closer to the yeah, middle than you would think. 100%. But, yes. but the conservatives are afraid to piss off the far right. And some of us are sometimes uncomfortable or afraid to piss off the social. Because, you know, I'm like, okay, I'm progressive. And then oh, yeah, yeah. we're going to get your canceled. Face, if we say, yeah. If we say something exactly. funny, we get canceled. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. man, but, like, you're sort of just like, again, when you're leaning on the extremes, then it's hard to even support something because then you yeah, just got to kind of get kicked in the ass. One know? of the sad scenes, we just find out that we're pawns for just a political algorithm equation. Yeah. For yeah. Somebody to, to win an election, you know, it's got nothing to do with how we yeah. feel or who we are. It's more about, Oh, 30% think like this, 40% think like that. Numbers. Let's get this 20% and mm -hmm. get them all riled up. You know, it's, yeah. it's, you know, it's crazy. Yeah. It's honestly, it's again heartbreaking i feel like the more you learn whether it be about politics <laughs> or your community it's like man i really wish i didn't know that because now you know you start seeing these gaps in things and you're like you're not especially i feel like maybe not so much right now with everything that's going on but with uh, elections in general it's like come on man you would never come to this neighborhood if you didn't want our votes you know what i mean yeah it, oh, and definitely. it's and it shouldn't be that way it should be the community representing itself 
And I mean, I'm maybe I'm romanticizing the whole process, but I also want it to be like, if we don't push for that, then we'll never get it, you know? Because a lot of people will be like, well, there's nothing you can do. What's the point of this? What's the point of that? You know, it doesn't matter. It's yeah, all those, rigged. Yeah, those people just got off the game. You know, they don't want to play anymore. But yeah, it, it's you, like, I, was the thing, I mean, until the end, you know, in the end, you're going to roll that that rock up the hill is going to fall back down. You got to get, or, you know, you're not going to win, but you got to fight. You just, for the sake of fighting, you got to fight. You know? Yeah. And I feel like for you, the good fight, you mentioned it earlier sometimes. Cause like we, we want to defend that first amendment. If there's something we both, everybody seems to agree on is that first amendment. Oh yeah. And, and that's why I feel like you were right when you said like, even if I don't agree with you, right. I, I think is the quote, even if I don't agree with you, I'll fight to defend your right. I yeah. forgot who said it, but you mentioned it earlier. And it's like, yeah, definitely. Which is why sometimes I want to understand people's perspectives, you know, because it's like, all right, let's see what you have to say. You know, tell because I'm not the person like my thoughts are not the same from five years ago. And that's because I was I opened myself to listen to other people's perspectives. And unless we do that, we're not going to change. Right. I feel like it's the people that sort of they're stubborn and won't let go that might be holding us back a little bit yeah exactly i mean the the, the only thing that, that that holds our our views is that first amendment you know that was the the guy that started penthouse you know the they made the movie about him i forgot his name but i remember when i was a kid watching that movie it was all about that it was the you know whether you agree or don't agree in the end when you you know you relate to somebody by by letting them have their rights then it's you know right. it's better for everybody yeah yeah, definitely. Anyway, <laughs> oh, quick transition to something a little happier. Because <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> I can, I mean, we can be here for hours, I feel like. There's, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's always stuff we can fix. Um, no, but I, I drinking, to drinking ask, and cutting our veins with a ranchera. Ah, la neta, sí, llorando. Es que la verdad, es eso, es porque, como lo estaba mencionando antes, es porque queremos que mejore. It's like a broken heart, man. It's like, I want to I wanna work this out, you know? Like, I want to fix this. But it's, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. So anyway, <laughs> like we had mentioned before, um, you, you guys have opened for uh, played with a lot of amazing people, people that um, I grew up listening to and just idolized, you know, and you guys are one of my new favorites, man. I, I love listening to you oh, guys. But that you, said, <laughs> yeah, for sure. That said, um, do, who do you uh, pull inspiration from? Like, who are you listening to r- uh, right now? Well, I, I try to change. I mean, I don't do it uh, on purpose, but. Like every, you know, I don't like, you know, most people, <clears throat> most people's uh, listening stays at their high school level, you know, <laughs> their yeah. ear, they got like, yeah, I, I don't, Leopard I don't know is all they listen to, or, you know, like Pat Benatar is all they listen to. Um, so I try to keep it fresh. So I find, you know, once a month, I try to find fans I don't know, or projects that a musician I like has done. And, you know, and then like, I listen to real weird shit. <laughs> for fun sometimes so yeah. but i'm always kind of listening to tom waits i like especially during the during this whole time i'm trying to listen to music that kind of inspires me and pushes me like uh today i heard uh david gilmore put a whole concert from um from pompeii it's on youtube and it was amazing i had i hadn't heard half of his uh, solo catalog so that was kind of right. cool that i got to hear the whole bunch of a whole bunch of different stuff but I mean, everything, you know, I was really, the first Café Tacuba album really got me going. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Like we said, Molotov, yeah. um, the Afghan Wigs, Queens of the Stone Age. I mean, I listened to, 
just like <laughs> our styles are so insane kind of that's, yeah. that's my listening that's good um, when i it, it when i was in fresh. high school i was a big death metal fan for a while so <laughs> nice yeah a lot of uh, carcass and cannibal corpse and nice. <laughs> so it's, nice yeah i mean all over the place trust me i understand i played in an orchestra for six years uh played the cello and played the viola and then but i was also a huge metal fan you uh-huh. know what I mean? And but then I was going to my family and listening to cumbias. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. And right now my playlists are going from uh, from Chalino to to Cannibal Corpse. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's it's ridiculous. Oh, it's ridiculous, but it's it's cool because you just sort of. I always like when people ask what I listen to, I never know what to say because everybody says I listen to everything, but it's like trust me, there's yeah. so much music out there. I'll show you something that'll yeah. freak you out. You know. That you'd want. Yeah, yeah. When, when people ask, I just what I do is I just more recommend what I'm into at the time. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So that I kind of thing. Like it's a like, mood. Yeah. It's a mood. I feel yeah. like it's very much like food. Like, what are you craving yeah. at the moment? Like, I'll have these uh, I'll have these moments where I'm just like super into like, like French jazz for some reason, yeah. and then before you know, yeah, it, it's like these. It's like addictions for like mm-hmm. a month. That I like. Right. I remember one month I just got into the this movie from the '70s called The Phantom of the Paradise, and I listened to the soundtrack for like yeah. a whole month so it's just random weird shit and the greatest thing about the internet is that you can right. dive deep you know to the rabbit holes and find really cool music and that's cool because it also helps you find new new music and then that connects to other music you listen to and then now you're in a whole new in a whole new thing you know and yeah. again it's sort of like because uh, music i mean not just performing it but like listening to music is a hobby you know what i mean yeah. sometimes you're just spending hours searching and watching videos listening to music comparing songs and um so again some of the best conversations i have with my friends it's you know arguing who is the best at this who's the best at that (laughs) who yeah what concert was better you know and um again like in times like this when we're being told to stay as far away from each other as possible a lot of us are such huge fans of concerts and if there's anything about concerts it's you're not far from people you know yeah you're smelling your neighbor's sweat, you know, and you're in the pit and you're getting punched and you're getting kicked, but there's always a sense of community. So for a lot of us, I feel like it's an extra punch in the gut. Cause it's like, man, the thing I'm into is the thing I'm not supposed to do at all. Oh, it's like, I, I feel like I'm in a, in a either like limbo or a twilight zone that five yeah. years before or five days before this whole thing started, I was moshing at our last oh, show man. that we played at till two club. Yeah. with uh beta sevens and mata mosca from la you know it's, yeah it's so insane yeah yeah no definitely i uh i i uh what's it called i remember i, I had just bought a couple of tickets for for a couple of concerts like a week before and literally everything just went just black and i was like no <laughs> and yeah. again like i get i get it like is that selfishness and me kicking in and thinking like how is it affecting me directly but then again, like it, it hits us all differently, you know? And, yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, and when that's, you know, kind of like uh, my life and, you know, like our bread and butter, it's, it's, right. you know, it's crazy to have all this scheduled stuff just from one day to the next, just X, you know, to yeah. zero concerts, you know, it's insane. Yeah. That's rough. But anyway, uh, Calavera, thank you so much for doing this. Uh, it was a lot of fun talking to you, man. You're a super interesting guy. Love your guys' music. Uh, I hope we can do this again sometime. Maybe once oh, for sure. we're back uh, back up uh, with concerts. I'd love to. I'd love to go to one. So just 
uh keep please keep posting whenever you do go start performing again because i want to oh uh, yeah yeah dude <laughs> you're you're uh you're invited to like the, our first big one you know <laughs> sure man yeah <laughs> we're, I, usually, we're usually playing we're playing a lot of the music box and okay um the, sure. the observatory so you know we'll we'll see what what happens when when bands start traveling back again i mean the big i don't know man it's because they were talking not till 2021 for you know but awesome. now that live nation and and big you know touring companies like that are are looking so bad they might just roll the dice and that that's that's yeah. the gamble now mm-hmm. is it the lawsuit's gonna take us out or is not having concerts gonna take us exactly. out? exactly what are but, um, know, real quick right before we we end this i don't know if you've heard about this but what are your thoughts on drive-in concerts i'm not into that bullshit <laughs> <laughs> every time i see that on facebook i'm like get the fuck out of here <laughs> i remember I don't, thinking like no driving concerts but yeah no but yeah well, yeah i feel like yeah, people not just, for, we're not going to go see forrest gump you know yeah yeah <laughs> we're, we're there to yeah. see a gogo bordello you know you can't yeah it's gonna be hard car. to mosh in a car man <laughs> no yeah it's like what yeah it's i remember like, every time i see that and i'm like i don't think you can tell people are just grasping at what they have oh yeah get those like ticket yeah. money but it's like come on man can we just like wait it out a little bit more and we'll just yeah it's almost like go back to the drawing board guy if they yeah, come up with it work it again i don't know who that guy yeah. was, i hope he got fired <laughs> yeah definitely definitely in the in the wastebasket that idea yeah appreciate <laughs> it anyway thank you so much Calavera, for doing this where can we find you uh where should we look you up okay so on instagram where uh it's maruja musica um i think facebook is maruja musica twitter maruja musica um and then our website is maruja.com um we have a store i think there's a few yellow and green shirts left some uh cds and then as soon as this crap is over i'm gonna uh, get some new merch because we got a new logos coming out and nice. uh, artwork for the new album so as soon as we get back to normal all that we'll keep on keep on with a world domination uh <laughs> plan yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah man hey i can't wait to listen to that new album all right boss take it easy man all right buddy thank you yeah thanks Bye. later